out of three against the Toronto Blue Jays at Yankee Stadium. They lose the first two, then they win the third game. So yet another series where there is no rubber game, which is, again, just funny because I think that they probably led baseball where there was a lot of splitting of the first two games. But lately, it's been a lot of the same team winning the first two, uh, whether that be the, the Yankees and probably most cases lately, but in this case, it was the Blue Jays. And a big series for Toronto that they do get the two of, you know, I think if you're a Blue Jay fan, I think you take it considering that you had Garrett Cole pitch the third game and Cole was magnificent. Um, and so that's a bright spot. Another huge bright spot is Michael King. But, you know, one negative, one big negative that I want to discuss is uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who in the first game went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts and a couple of double plays as well. Um, I believe it was two. Yeah, two double plays. And then in the second game, he... Let's see, I think it was, I think it was 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Just want to confirm that. And I believe his batting average is down to 188. Yeah, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Batting average down to 188. Slugging percentage down to 694. I'm trying to think if there's any housekeeping items uh, to discuss before going into some Stanton talk. Um, I don't think so. I know Wandy is dealing, I think, with a triceps injury. Not not anything enough to put him on the you know IL, but I, you know he hadn't pitched in a bit since the Red Sox series, uh, so it's been about a week since he's pitched. Um, and Everson Pereira, not an IL situation, but he's he hasn't played as well um, in 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 the similar time frame. A uh, little hamstring issue, but I think you know he he'll probably be okay. But and if anything comes to me, I'll I'll certainly mention it. But. You know, Stanton, it's a major, major problem as far as what is going to happen in the future with him. He, you know, has four seasons left on his deal after this season. And, you know, he's, he, I don't see it getting a whole lot better. Now, this has been a, just a disaster of a season, and, and he's capable of hitting home runs, but the guy cannot move. He has got to be one of the slowest. So when I say slow, it, it's, like, he just, he can't move. Like, Alonzo Kirk is technically slower than him, but I guess this current version of Giancarlo Stanton is, like, he, it's intentionally, in some ways it's intentionally slow because he knows that if he actually tries to bust it, he'll probably hurt his hamstring or something. So he's, like, guarding it. It's just bad. And you hope that a, a full offseason can help, but we know what he is at this point. And he clogs up the DH spot. You know, at this point, he can't, feel well um it, it is something that they're really gonna have to address head on and my prediction is that it'll be back but I like the guy a lot I, I feel bad I think we really for the first time saw a very frustrated Giancarlo Stanton in that press conference after game two that was someone that was like genuinely pissed off and, and you know I, I get it and you know he he was a little bit you know, snotty, I guess, with the report. Like, see, I don't want to, like, say anything negative about him because, again, he's been such a good soldier in terms of dealing with the criticism, deservedly so that he's been criticized. But I just feel like he, you know, it's getting to him. And I wonder, like, look, I'm sure he'll play off the string here, but, like, may as well just shut this. I don't know. You may as well just shut this down. But 
it seems like they're, they're, they're full steam ahead. Uh, he was not in the lineup for game three. I, I don't take that as anything overly, like, surprising. Um, but yeah, like, and we'll talk about some good stuff that happened in the series. Uh, some really encouraging things, actually. But, you know, for Stanton, I look at him and it's like he's in the middle of that lineup. I think he'll be back next season because I don't think that there's really any other alternative. But man, like, there's no way. I mean, this goes without saying. There's no way he's going to be able to finish up that, that, the rest of the contract here. There's just no possible way I could ever envision that. And I don't know what you do. I mean, do you add on, like, a legit prospect with Stanton, like, as a, you know, as a way to convince a team to take on that contract? I'm sure the Yankees would have to eat a lot of it, but it's going to be a conversation point in the offseason is what happens with Stanton. But again, ultimately, I feel like he will be in the plans. And again, part of that is because there's really nothing that you can do about it. But you know that... The power is there, but, like, he's become so all or nothing. This was a guy that, like, he can, like, hit the ball to the opposite field, like, and he's become so one-dimensional. Like, of course, home runs was always his calling card, obviously. That's what he's known for. But, like, he was someone that could get you more. I mean, he could hit. His batting average has been respectable. And just the last couple of seasons, it has been downright ugly. And so now he's at the 188, like. And the funny thing was is that, before he got hurt this season, and it was early, he was looking pretty good in April. Like, looking, all right, like, looking, and then you were just waiting for that big surge to happen this year, and it never came. You know, he came back, and I thought, all right, maybe he's going to go on a tear here. It just never happened. And so he's getting booed, and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that a lot of the anger is directed towards him he has been someone that has been here since 2018, and, you know, it's gotten worse since 2017. In terms of final result, right, the, the Yankees made it to Game 7 of the ALCS in 2017. So Stanton comes in, and you're thinking, okay, now they should improve upon that, and they, and they haven't. And they haven't. And, and I know that's not fair to frame it that way, and Stanton has had his postseason moments. He's also, he also has not. You know, I, I think that while I want to give him a lot of credit for that, let's also not forget what happened in 2018 versus the Red Sox. Absolute disaster what he did in that series. Like, really bad. But he did make up for it with what he did in 2020, for what he did in 21, last year as well. Had a really big home run against Cleveland in Game 5, that three-run homer. So, like, has certainly had his moments in the, in recent postseasons. I mean, that, that, that wild card game loss to the Red Sox, like, he... Stanton was like a man on a mission. So that, that's the thing is that Stanton in 2021, the numbers were still pretty damn good. I think it was 35 homers, maybe just shy of 100 RBIs with injuries involved. Not not a crazy amount, but like, so he's not so far removed from it, but wow, like it is really getting worse and worse. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that we'll, we'll table this conversation, but it's a problem. Um, so let's go into this series. Clark Schmidt, unfortunately um has not been great lately and and I don't think it's I don't think that takes away from the accomplishments that he's had this year so Blue Jays at the Yankees Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays who has really been from what I can tell pretty good lately for Toronto he's someone that I saw as someone that the Yankees you know hit around pretty well whether it be when he was on the Mariners or on the Blue Jays but lately Kikuchi has been pretty strong um and that was the case again here um he would leave the game. I think it was a neck issue, it seemed like. Um, 
And his explanation of the game was pretty wild. He said, I didn't get my normal 13 to 14 hours of sleep a night. I only got 11 hours. Like, what? <laughs> like, just a, a, a pretty interesting comment. Very jealous of that. The fact that he's that a bad night for him is 11 hours of sleep. But Kikuchi goes five, only lasts four hits, gives up one earned run, one walk, seven strikeouts. Clark Schmidt. Now, Clark almost was able to kind of get out of this. The pro What Clark needs to get better with next year is get it going deeper into games in terms of pitch efficiency, and then third time through the order, he's really getting knocked around the third time through. So, like, I think this is a definitely a success season. Even though the numbers are probably not going to end up looking that good. He's 9-9 nine and nine with a 4.65 ERA. Um, but still, just the fact that he was able to stick with it. There was, the middle of the season was a good run for Clark. You know, from mid-May, maybe through August or so, I'll, I want to say, eh, maybe a little, maybe it started to get bad at the end of August, but like, really was like, very, very consistent. Didn't always go too deep, which hurts, but always hit the Yankees in the game. So here, only gets one strikeout in five innings, which again, is kind of telling. Like, he's just, the swing of his stuff is not quite there. He's not able to put hitters away. So the Yankees in this one, um, you know, we saw Isaiah, Isaiah kind of left to start a couple of games in this series. Uh, this one at center, in center field. Oswald Peraza, I also have to say, Peraza, you know, even though, like, he had a rough series at the plate, I think he might have been 0 for 7 with uh, six strikeouts in the two games that he played. This was a game where Higashioka versus the lefty, Kikuchi, was in the starting lineup. Um... And yeah, and, and, and like, again, just to talk about the individuals, Anthony Volpe, like, has, you know, it's just, I, I was hoping for a better finish to the season, and it just simply hasn't happened. Um, and, and while there's a lot there, and I think there's a lot to look forward to moving forward, you know, I look at this rookie season as a mixed bag, definitely. And and, and maybe, for me, a little more negative than positive, but, but I want to be fair, he's a young kid, and, you know, again, for him to hit 20-plus homers and have whatever it might be, 25 or so steals, that's all good stuff. And, and his defense, you know, for the most part, was pretty solid. Anyway, Toronto takes the early uh, lead on a leadoff homer for George Springer. So Springer was really not having a great year for the Blue Jays. You wouldn't know, like from a Yankee perspective, you wouldn't know it. And, and he has, you know, made it a thing in his career. He's, he hits a lot of leadoff homers, and he does it here off of Schmidt to the opposite field, makes it one nothing. But the Yankees do score a run in the bottom of the first. It'd be the only run they'd score on the night. A one-out single by Judge, and then an RBI double by Glaber. Uh, ties it up at one. Then, in the fourth inning... Um, you get a Bichette single, then Guerrero reaches third, um, on a Peraza era, and then, uh, Kevin Biggio gets an RBI single. So the error, like, really didn't, like, Bichette was going to go to second anyway, but it became first and second no out, and, and Biggio gets the, uh, RBI single, but nothing else after that. It could have gotten bad, but Schmidt was able to kind of hold it down. But the fifth is where it, it went wrong, where he almost gets out of it. He almost strikes out George Springer. He had a close call he didn't get. It was an 0-2 pitch that could have been called a strike and wasn't. Then he walks Springer, and then Bichette hits a two-run homer. Bo Bichette, with the big blow here, makes it 4-1 Toronto. Um, and for Clark Schmidt, he ends up going five innings, but that was all. Nick Ramirez comes in, uh, pitches the sixth inning. At the bottom of the sixth, I want to say, I, I want to bring up Stanton. First and second, one out. And Stanton hits a double play to, in a ball in the hole. It was a slow hit ball in the hole. 
Glaber was almost safe at second, and Stan was out by like a couple of steps at first. Just insanity that he is not able to beat that out, but you're not even surprised at this point. So inning ends there. That was that was one of their last real chances. Greg Weiser comes on to replace Ramirez in the seventh inning. We go to the we go to the eighth. Um Sorry, we go to the ninth. Zach McAllister comes on him, and McAllister struggles. McAllister in the ninth, leadoff double Matt Chapman, and then a two-run homer for Alejandro Kirk. Eventually, you do get uh, an, an error by Volpe, which leads to a run. So Guerrero hits a ground ball, Volpe bobbles it, throws it away or whatever, and Kiermaier scores. And the uh, Blue Jays win this one handily, and it, end, I, you know, it, it ends on a Stanton double play. So it's a 7-1 Blue Jay win, and now we go to game two. Game two... A lot of good stuff to talk about. Well, one really good thing to talk about there is Michael King. Michael King, you got to be excited about what might happen uh, next season if he can stay healthy. I'm always concerned about that with him. Um, just because, I guess, of what happened last year. And it feels like, you know, as big of a loss that was, I thought that he missed time this year. He didn't. Like, he is going to make it through the season in all likelihood healthy. Uh, he ended up going seven innings, allows five hits, one and run, no walks, and 13 strikeouts. Granted, Black Guerrero was not in the Blue Jay lineup, but still, still a good, you know, you're facing Springer, Bichette, um, you know, there, there, there's, this is not, while this Blue Jay isn't maybe as daunting as it had been maybe in recent years and other iterations, this is um, a very impressive start for Michael King. He gets the, a very unlucky loss as Kevin Gosman, you know, pitched very well for the Blue Jays. There was a lot of strikeouts in this game on both sides, but King... Like, he is in that rotation next season. Like, that, it's not even a question. He is in the rotation, and that is exciting. He will be, um, you know, it's funny. You look at King and Schmidt, and, like, pecking order-wise, King is ahead of Clark Schmidt in my mind. Although, you know, obviously, how will Michael King hold up as, like, a full year's starter? We don't know. Like, I think that's certainly something to debate. Whereas this year, Clark Schmidt proved that he can go through a season as the as a starting pitcher. Um, but Michael King, like, I'm excited to see what happens next time. He'll face Toronto uh, again. And he was just unbelievable. And, and, you know, there's not a whole lot to be proud of from a Yankee standpoint. This is something to be proud of as far as Michael King goes. So in the third inning, kind of an unlucky situation, a two-out rally. And, and by the way, Aaron Boone gets ejected in the second inning. Lance Barrett, uh, who's strike zone, who's a very pitcher-friendly, um, most of these guys are, um, you know, the bad ones especially are pitcher-friendly. And Boone gets uh, ejected in the second inning. Uh, in the third, a two-out rally. Kiermaier single, Springer single makes it first and third, and then Bichette, you know, it was hit pretty well, but it goes off a of King's glove and kind of dies down, and so kind of unfortunate, but it's a, it's a Bo Bichette RBI single makes it one nothing Toronto. The score will remain one nothing for a while. Uh, Gosman goes six strong for Kevin Gosman. Six innings, three hits. No one runs, three walks, and ten strikeouts. Chad Green, the former Yankee Chad Green, comes on for Toronto, and he goes one uh, pitches a one-two-three inning for the Blue Jays. Uh, he strikes out as Waldo. Peraza uh, strikes out as well, and then Floreal grounds out. Tommy King, and then in the eighth inning, it gets ugly. After the King masterful outing, um, just uh, sensational. Tommy Canely and Ian Hamilton, but mostly Canely, just Canely couldn't find the strike zone. Uh it was bad. Uh, it's a Kiermaier walk. Then there's a Springer out, but you get a couple of wild pitches. 
And he almost gets out of it. He does get Bichette to ground out, but then Bijo walks and Chapman walks. And that sets the stage for bases loaded two out to Spencer Horowitz, who walks as well. A bases loaded walk. That's all for Tommy Canely. So four walks allowed by Tommy. And then Whit Merrifield walks against Ian Hamilton, the first batter that, that Hamilton faced. And then Varjo grounds out. So it's 3-0 Blue Jays going into the ninth. And then Hamilton, the struggles continue there. There's an RBI single by Bo Bichette. There is a two-run single by Horowitz with bases loaded two out. Weiser would have to finish up the inning. So for Ian Hamilton, not a great outing. But uh, another good thing here is that Austin Wells uh, hits his first homer um, as a major leaguer. To lead off the ninth, off of Eric Swanson, former Yankee prospect. Uh, Austin Wells goes deep. I mean, like he's lose 6-1, but for Wells, a meaningful moment. Um, and, and, and look, for him, too, like he was on the other end. Give him credit, because he was on the other end of that King. He was catching Michael King. So for Wells, uh, and, and he had a couple hits. I think he also had a double. So for Wells, like, the numbers are still not good, but showing some, you know, signs of life. And then game three, the Garrett Cole Cy Young train continues, and he is clearly the front runner. Garrett Cole, who will have one more outing in all likelihood. I, I guess there could be two more, but I think it will just be one more versus the Blue Jays uh, to finish off his season. Uh, just an amazing performance. Uh, he goes eight innings, only allows two hits, one earned run, no walks and nine strikeouts. His ERA drops to 2.75, like just has been as consistent as they come. Uh, and it's a shame to waste it. So Garrett Cole's his record improves to 14-4. The team's record when he pitches is 22-10, meaning that the Yankees, when Garrett Cole does not start, they are 11 games under 500. Like, he means a lot to this team, and as good as he was, didn't even get the Yankees over the top. So the Yankees, you know, like I said, after this game, they are one game above 500. They are 77 and 76. On the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays, Jose Barrios, who, you know, was not great. And the big blow in this game was Jake Bowers, um, who has truly been awful of late. Um, really, really bad, but he does get into one and hits a three-run homer. He played right field in this game, Judge at DH. Judge has played a lot of right field. You know, I think that's kind of lost in the conversation is Judge has kind of had a full-time sort of role, but Bowers is in right in this one. Peraza gets the night off after his struggles and kind of Falefa is at third base. Um, and Ben Rortfed, you know, continues to catch Garrett Cole. So like I said, first inning, and, and Vlad Guerrero had a pinch hit appearance in this one for the Blue Jays. But uh, first and second one out, Jake Bowers, a uh, high fly ball to right field, down the line, it's fair. So it's Bowers' 12th homer of the season. Bowers ends the game still below 200, batting 199, but he gets that three-run homer. Off of Barrios to give Cole the 3-0 lead, which he would keep for the whole game. Uh, the, you know, he would keep that lead. Uh, and then we go to the bottom of the sixth. And with Barrios still on, there's a two-out double to Isaiah Conner-Falefa. And then Tim Mays, the lefty, to face Esam Florio. And Florial gets an RBI double off of the lefty. So that was impressive to see. You know, for Florial, it hasn't been great, but it's been okay I, like what it means moving forward i don't know like i feel like he doesn't have a future here but i think that's what florel is like kind of putting it together slowly but surely and i think that he's someone that could that should be a major leaguer the skill set is there uh and so that makes it for nothing then in the bottom of the seventh nate pearson comes on after a lemayhu walk off of mesa and lemayhu gets his first steal, uh, stolen base of the season so he does get a steal uh, and then Aaron Judge uh, knocks him in with an RBI double, makes it 5 nothing Yankees. Um, then at the top of the eighth, I should have also mentioned, Garrett Cole had a perfect game 
I think into the sixth, uh, five and a third innings, and Alejandro Kirk gets a double in between Florial and Bowers. Not a whole lot that could have been done about it. Uh, Florial tried to make a play on it, but but couldn't. And then uh, Cole allows the second of the night, also a double to Matt Chapman to start out the eighth. And and there was a wild pitch in the mix um, that scored a run. So Horowitz flies out, Chapman goes to third, then a wild pitch by Cole. You know, Rortfred, you wish you could have stopped it, but, like, it wasn't a great pitch. And so the shutout is is done, and that makes it 5-1. But Cole, um, just another dominant outing, and he is headed towards winning that AL Cy Young um, with one start to go. Then in the ninth, things get a little ugly, and Glaber Torres, like, again, it's like... It, he just makes it so hard to fully embrace him. Clay Holmes comes on and gets hit pretty hard. It's a Kiermaier single, Springer single, a ground out by Bichette makes it first and third. Biggio walks, so now it's bases loaded. Guerrero the tying run with one out, and Guerrero, which should have been a 5-4-3 double play, Glaber kind of just not a great throw by Glaber, and it pulls DJ off the bag. So now it's 5-2 with first and third and two out. And then Matt Chapman reaches on an error by Glaber. Just not a great throw by Glaber, but it should have been scooped by LeMahieu. Blame goes on both sides, but Glaber just being way too nonchalant, and I'm sorry, kind of lazy. I'm just going to say that. Um, you know, I think Glaber, I love what he's done offensively this year, but the defense just leaves still a lot to be desired, just from a mental standpoint. It's a mental thing with Glaber. But Clay Holmes does seal the deal. He gets Horowitz the ground out, and the Yankees do salvage this three-game set. They don't get swept. They win the final game, and so now their record is 77-76 and 76 as they play out the string. And really, the only thing of interest is to see whether they will, um, you know, finish above 500 and whether they will finish in fourth or fifth. They are uh, a couple games, two games out of the Red Sox as we currently speak. And we'll see where that plays out. So now the, the Arizona Diamondbacks come to town. A really, really big series for Arizona. And I should also mention Toronto leaves the series basically in a dead sort of tie with Seattle and Texas, essentially. So they leave it right in the thick of that AL wildcard race. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And the, and the National League side of things, Arizona's on a five-game winning streak. They are positioning themselves pretty nicely. But... A bad series the Yankees could, you know, put them in some jeopardy if they do well here. Really, it really kind of solidifies them into that second wild card spot in the National League. So they are looking, they are in the thick of it, but they are looking pretty good because of this five-game winning streak. So the three games um, on the mound for the Yanks in the first game will be Luke Weaver, who is a former Arizona Diamondback. Uh, you know, he was involved in that Paul Goldschmidt trade, as I mentioned, um, I guess it was last episode. So Weaver starts game one. I think tomorrow night is that Cashman night, you know, the, the fire Cashman night. So we'll see if that still picks up some steam. I'm hoping it does, and we'll see if anything comes of it, right? I know that, that had been planned. I'm not sure if it's still in the works. I hope so. Game two will be Carlos Rodon on the mound, and then game three will be Clark Schmidt, and that'll be the last Yankee home, that'll be the last home game for the Yankees of the season. So last home series against the Diamondbacks, 2001 World Series rematch, uh, and, and a big series for Arizona uh, as it pertains to their uh, National League wildcard hopes, and for the Yankees, um, you know, just riding out the rest of the season. We'll see if you know what happens as far as them. If they will continue that uh, long, long streak and then finishing above 500. And then also the long streak of them not finishing last place. So we'll see what happens again. Yankees lose two of three uh, against the Toronto Blue Jays.